You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Let's take your Bibles. We're there, First Thessalonians. I want to speak tonight on that subject. He is coming again. You know, as we look at the text tonight, I have preached literally for four decades all across this country on a regular basis each month. I fly out so often on a Sunday night after church or normally a Monday morning, go to the East Coast and be back on Wednesday morning, preach here. I've preached all over this country. Churches everywhere. Small, little, itty-bitty country churches and large, large meetings and everything in between. I found out early that really, and I learned it from the older preachers, I'm talking that they would talk to me and say, as you preach, Brother Traver, you need to have a, a, a direction where you're going. I, I'm talking about Lee Robertson. He, he helped me so much, and Tom Malone, and, and Jack Hiles, and, and of course, Brother Bobby Robertson, and other great, great men of God. Uh, John R. Rice, uh, these men would always preach on a regular theme when they go to a two-day or a week revival. They'd preach on the Holy Spirit, or they would preach on the home, or they'd preach about prayer. They'd preach about the church. And I began to outline in my mind, and I basically have done it with the letter S in my ministry as I go to preach. Always want to make sure of salvation, that people are born again. I, I preach a lot across this country on serving God. I am so sold on serving God. It's the best life. I don't regret a mile. I've traveled for my Lord. I don't regret anything of it. It's the best to serve God. If you're a choir member, enjoy it. If you're a Sunday school teacher, enjoy it. If you're an usher, enjoy it. If you're a deacon, enjoy it. Serving God, I went across this country. I don't travel like I used to purposely, but just trying to get people serve God. Serve God and go after bus workers. I think about the messages on stewardship. I preached so much on raising funds, and it wasn't because I was a good stewardship preacher. It was because I had a great church, and they'd say, Brother Treber, come. Teach us how your people are giving so much and building buildings and starting ministries and buying buses. I preach often on the Spirit of God. I don't know if this is true or not. I was reported to me by many. Dr. Lee Robertson was a white-haired, dignified preacher. I was preaching at a pastor's conference in school in Indiana. Uh, thousands of people were there. I did not see him on the front row. I did not realize first or second row he was there. I don't know if it's true, but those that were there said it was true. I was preaching on the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. Jack Howes had called me. He said, I want you to preach on how God endued you with their power. And he said, I just want you to tell this story. I said, I don't have a story. I know you say you laid on your dad's grave for three days and had the touch of God and different has different stories. I said, I don't have a story like that at all. It never happened to me. 
He said, do you have the power of God on your life? I said, I believe I do. He said, that's all you want to pre preach? I preached that night on the Spirit of God and how I know that I'm filled with the Spirit of God. And when I know I'm not filled, I don't know if it's true. I don't know. What they said it was, that dignified, double-breasted old man, about 75 or 80 years of age, stood on the pew, and he got his Bible up. They said he'd keep waving that Bible as I preached. I hope that's a true story because it sounds good. But it meant so much to me to preach on that. I know I'm filled with the Spirit of God from Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6. I know that I have the touch of God on my life, and you and I can all be filled with the Spirit of God. I made that a theme as I traveled. I made a theme of supplication and praying and how to pray. I made a theme as I went across the nation on preaching on separation. But I also made a theme on this subject, on the second coming of Jesus Christ. He is coming again. Lift up your heads, pilgrim of weary. See day approach, he is coming again. He is coming again. This very same Jesus rejected of man. He's coming again. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening. But I tell you, it's going to be soon. The Bible says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the trump of God, voice of the archangel, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with Wally Davis with Gil Bernardino, with our loved ones that are laid to rest in these cemeteries all around this region. And those, those graves will be open. They'll rise first. And we'll arise with them to go to heaven to be with Jesus. He is coming again. I want to get to this subject, but I want you to see in your song book, page number 366. Will you grab your song book and we won't need any instruments. I want you to see these words uh, on 366. And, and John Peterson wrote that song. We sing it uh, often in our church. Marvelous message we bring. Glorious carol we sing. Wonderful word of the king. Jesus is coming again. Sing the chorus. Coming again. Coming again. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, and be soon. Coming again. Coming again. Oh. Jesus is coming again. Look at a 365. He is coming again. He is on the course. He's coming again. This very same Jesus rejected of men. He is coming again. How about 368? Oh, I wake up in the morning each day. What a beautiful day on the course. For the Lord to come again. What a beautiful day for him to take his children home. Oh, how I long to see his face and touch his nail-scarred hand. What a beautiful day for the Lord to come again. Look at 369. Oh, I can I, I, I sang it again today in my office. I've been singing it this week. 
I can remember, I can remember just 15 minutes from here in that little old, little rustic church house, standing by my dad and my mother singing this song right here. I, 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 I hated school, hated school. I was a good Christian, that's why I hated school. I didn't like to go to school. Isn't it amazing? That's what I've been doing my whole life. I study every day, and I love it. I learned to study in high, college. High school, I hated it. I, elementary school, I hated it. I, I just did not enjoy school. I enjoyed the, the fun of school. I didn't enjoy the work of school. These teachers in my era, they had these ideas you're supposed to learn. That's a foolish thing. But uh, I, we, we, we had to go to school to learn, I guess. And, and I hope you're looking forward to school, looking forward to having you back. I'd go to church on Sunday. I never felt like, even in high school, I was a very good Christian in high school. I wish I could go back. Oh, they knew that I went to Sunday school, but quite frankly, in public school, a lot of people went to Sunday school. And they knew I wasn't going to smoke, and I grew up in an era where basically at the bus stop every morning, girls and guys would all smoke. And they knew I wouldn't drink, but that's about as far as it went. I did not know how to witness. And if I did, I probably would have been too embarrassed. I'm so ashamed of myself. And I'll tell you, I, 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 I'd get to church Saturday. We'd work around the church, and Sunday was church. I love church. I know it sounds weird. I love Sunday school. I love Sunday morning. I love Sunday. I love singing with our church. In high school, began to play the trumpet in church. I love playing it. I just, I love church. But as a boy, an elementary boy, I can remember singing this song. I can remember Sunday night when we get toward the message and they'd sing songs like this. And I think, I, I, I don't want Sunday to end. I want to stay here. But I love this song because of the song that it's, the words it said, school days all ended. Look what the song, some, some glorious morning, sorrow will cease. Some glorious morning, all will be peace. Heartaches all ended, school days all done. Heaven will open, Jesus will come. Do you know the course? Some golden day break, Jesus will come. Some golden day break, battles all won. He'll shout the victory. Some golden day break for me, for you. Oh, what a meeting there in the sky. No tears, no crying, shall dim our eyes. Loved ones united eternally. Oh, what a daybreak that morn will be. Uh, you know, look at that. Next. We won't sing that. Three, three, is it the crowning day? Jesus, how about 371? Even so, Lord Jesus, come. 
my heart doth long for thee. Though I failed, 371, and I failed and betrayed thy trust, even so, Lord Jesus, come. I love these songs as you go through. How about 375? Son, go bring my children home. For I want them gathered round my throne. It's time to reap the harvest you have sown, son. Son, go bring. One day he's coming, 376. Oh, I tell you what, I could have a sing along with you tonight. How about 377? Maybe today on the course saying, my Lord will come for me. Maybe today I shall see. Maybe today from sin I shall be free. There are 1,840 references in the Old Testament to his coming again. In the 27 books in the New Testament, 23 of them have that of the coming again of the Lord Jesus Christ. D.L. Moody would say this, who died in 1895. He said, I never preach a message without thinking he may come back before I finish this message. They say G. Campbell Morgan preached in the same town as, as Spurgeon. He said, I never approach my day without thinking he may interrupt my work today so he can accomplish his work today. Henry Morris said this, as you turn to Luke chapter 19, the signs of his coming are throughout the scripture. And he said, one of the things that you'll see in the signs of his time in Luke 17 is decline in morality. Decline in morality. Chapter 17, my Bible says this in verse 26. The Bible says, as in the days of Noah, or Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered in the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, it was in the days of Lot when they did eat and they drank and they bought and they sold and they planted and they built it. But the same day as Lot went out of Sodom, it rained down fire and brimstone for heaven. Even thus shall it be in the day when Jesus, the Son of Man, is revealed. Oh, how I know that Jesus has come. Matthew says the same thing in 24. And, and, and how the fact that man would decline spiritually. We live in a country where now they're saying that our taxpayer dollars will change a man into a woman in the United States military. We're living a day where the push is on right now to reject the Hyde Amendment that protected the unborn. We want to get rid of it. We want ladies to have the right to have a baby and see if they like the baby and they can kill it on the table. We're a nation that has declined spiritually. Woke. I woke up. I see how bad I've been. Well, I could have told you how bad you were. Read the book. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The answer is not how bad we've been to one another. The answer is how bad we've been to God. 
He is righteous and we are filthy, rotten sinners. I woke up to that in 1956. And when I woke up to that, when I got right here, I wanted to be right here. We are not gonna change this thing of hatred toward one another through laws. It has to be through the heart, not the head. We are redefining marriage. We're redefining genders. We're redefining patriotism. We're redefining America and can spit on the flag and ridicule the flag and mock the flag. We're redefining childhood. We're redefining it all. We're fools. Because we have brought down humanity that man says that I'm wise in my own eyes, Romans chapter one and professing themselves to be wise. They became fools, fools. When there's a decline of morality, there's a decline, as you turn to 2 Timothy chapter number three, there's a decline of religious faith. This though also the last days perilous or savage, strange times shall come. And here's the problem. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. You notice that he repeats that in another thought in verse number four, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. We begin to love mankind ourselves more than we love God. We are in for trouble. That text is so powerful. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. They shall be covetous. I want more. They shall be blast uh, boasters. That is, I, I want to provoke others to fight. I love controversy. They're proud, arrogant. They're blasphemers. What is that? It's to speak evil of another to tear them down. You childish backs and people that spend your time on social media tearing down people that you don't even know anything about. Last are disobedient to parents. These last days when we, we disrespect parents. I was such a failure as a kid in so many areas. I'll tell you what, I'm glad when I said goodbye to my dad in that casket, my mom in that casket, I'm glad there was not anything I had to apologize. I'm not saying I was a perfect son. My dad spanked me. My dad corrected me. My dad had to sit me down and deal with me. I know that. Old hard, foolish heart. I'm so glad I never dishonored my mother and dad. Honor thy father and thy mother. And I want to say to you kids today, you may not like everything about your home or understand everything about your home, but this thing of just disregarding your parents and living yourself and, and online people I, I print hatred toward their parents, Christian kids. God says that's the way it's going to be. Well, let it be that way everywhere, but not in your home. He said in these last days, they're going to be unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. It's blasphemy to say that 
a woman and a woman and a man and a man can be together as mates. It's blasphemy. Truth breakers, that's people that are not agreeable with one another at all. False accusers, you tear down the reputation of others. Incontinent, you have no control. You're out of control. Fierce. Fierce is untamed and brutal. False accusers, fierce despisers of those that are good. Traitors, there's no loyalty. Heady, there's reckless and rash, high-minded. You're puffed up with self. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. This church has many things for us to enjoy. We have sports and we have all these things, but that's not the priority of this church. These 60,000 Bibles we got out this year so far, 50,000 last year, we'll go over 100,000. That's, that's what we're all about. Knocking on doors, visiting people, helping people, talking to people, seeing people on the pathway of life and how can we help them in their condition. The biggest thing they need, I've been a, I'm just overwhelmed the last few days of thinking about this thing called hell. And the Bible says in Luke, it's fire's not quenched. I got thinking about eternity. When a person dies without Christ and goes to hell, what if they could at least have the hope of getting out in, in 50 years or 100 years or 1,000 years or 10,000 years? But according to the Bible, it's one long eternal night. We have an obligation to warn this city. Warn people there is a hell. And once you're there, you don't get out. We live in a day of moral decline. We live in a day of religious decline. We live in a day where the younger generation rebels. We see that we live in a day where there's a rise in the anti-Christian leaders, Second, uh, 1 John 2.18. We, we live in a day when that false teachers come into the church, Second Peter chapter 2. Many shall follow their pernicious ways. Many are going to follow into that. I, I think of how Jude says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was given to the saints. For there be some that creep in among you. They creep in among you. They sneak in here. Paul saw that warning in Acts chapter number 20. And he says, after my departure, some grievous wolves come in. Not sparing the flock. I believe that a church like this is going to be extinct. Hopefully not this church, but most churches are. We don't have churches like this. Rare, 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 rare. Perhaps as many as a thousand preachers are watching right now. I want to say to you, if there's two churches in your state for 50 states, you ought to send us, each one of you, a student to Bible college this fall. The labors are so few. My file on my desk, ministry opportunities in my file drawer, ministries opportunities, they're just galore. We don't have enough 
recruits to get them out to the ministry. We've got pastors right now. We've got churches that are crying, I need a pastor. Our church needs a pastor. Can you, can you find us a pastor? We need an associate pastor. I was in a great church right now. We need an associate pastor. We need a school teacher. They give me all the grades. I need school teachers. They need a science teacher. We need an orchestra teacher. We need a coach. We need a bus director. We need help. We need people to come and help us in IT. We don't have a pianist in our church. Do you know if anybody that can come and play the piano for us? And the opportunity is so great. The harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. Your pastor, this is an old time religion school. Old time and it works, it works. Singing and praising God and using a hymn book and a song, but it works. We haven't tweaked this thing. It works, it works, it works. Send us some students. Oh, thank God. Enrollment's way up over last year, the last two years of COVID. Thank God it's bouncing back up and we're having a great crowds coming. But I tell you what, there's not going to be enough to put them into the Lord's work a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, four. There's not enough. Thank God for doctors and lawyers and nurses. And if that's what God's called you to do, I'll, I'll buy into that. God bless you. I'll help you. Do whatever you can do to help you, guide you in that way. But have you given God an opportunity to say, Lord, here am I. Take me if you want to use me. Use me how you want me to go to the mission field. I guarantee you, you're probably never going to own a house. Thank God for houses. So tired of hearing, got to have a house, got to have. Well, ask Rick Martin, 138 pounds of Rick Martin, who's given himself to the Philippines for 45 years, who started 16 amazing Bible colleges, who started over a thousand churches, who has a church that perhaps today ran 10,000 church this morning, and they're all over that city and reaching, they reach the police departments, the government, the fire, they reach the poor people, they reach them down in the, in the down by the riverbeds, they reach them as squatters all over that area, they reach them as wealthy and then poor, they're reaching people galore, they can't keep up with it. Ask Brother Kevin Wynn, in Mexico, has seen about 250,000 people plus a month coming to know Jesus Christ as Savior. A month. Not 250, 250,000. Baptized at seven, eight, nine thousand a month. God's doing something in Mexico. God's doing something in the countries of the world. But we don't have enough laborers years ago. Years ago, 10 years ago, however, a statistic, the average age of a missionary on the field is 68. 68. Where are the 25s and 30s and 35-year-olds? I've been on the mission field. You're not going to have a palatial house. You're not going to have a one, two, three-car garage. My dear friend, I mentioned Rick Martin he has never in 45 years, he lives right there. Uh, there's sewage out his back window. He lives in a little cracker box of a house. I mean, it's, it's as big as this little area here. I said, Rick, our people will buy you and build you. We'll come over here and build you a house off this property where thousands of people come every day for school. 
Becky, his wife, said, Brother Treber, we live so far ahead of our people and higher than our people. We would never want to do that. I'm looking at in their bathtub, there's a galvanized bucket because the water runs three days a week and they try to catch if there's some drips. No, he'll never own a house. He's never owned a car. He walks out the house, grabs a jeepney, gets on the jeepney, a, a scooter. He, he grabs sometimes a little jeep they have for the church. They run around in it. He's never had anything. He's had malaria so many times. He's so weak. Physically, he looks weak, although he's a strong preacher. But he's given his life to the Filipinos. I would imagine, I would imagine when he gets to heaven, I would imagine on a small note, he might have a million converts. 138 pounds of them. Last time he preached here in college chapel, he preached maybe 18 minutes. His voice was so broken. He's younger than I am by a year or two. So broken, so weary. He said to me a few years back, he goes, I came back from my mother's funeral. I never planned to cross the sea again to come back to America. I planned to die in the Philippines. And I know people from their church, it's Monday, they're 16 hours ahead, they're watching right now. He gave himself this country, that country. He was sitting in Bible college and heard Bob Hughes come from the Philippines. Bob was young and dying of cancer, his people, I've heard the tape. Rick turned to Becky, probably 47 years ago, and said, we're going, we're going. I'm off my such, but Christ is coming again. There's so much more I want to say. I, I'll close. Widespread confusion. Men's hearts failing them for fear. We live in a fear day. The economy, the government, the Delta virus, the shot, the vaccine, the COVID. We're just fearful. That's part of the last day. A part of the last day, by God's grace, I, I want to do more than I've ever done. Occupy it till I come. He's coming again. On September the 12th, we've known for about eight months, the pastors, we've been working on this. I'm preaching from Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. And they gave some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, the maturing of the people of God for the work of the ministry. You'll see it published. We'll have, you'll have a booklet that night. There's over 600 workers in this church. I want to get it up to 1,000. We've been praying for that. If we need about another 300 more, I want to get 300 more people Serve God. I want these buses, we're running on Saturday, and I think some run on Sunday now, a few. I want to run these buses all over this city, all over this region. Having people come to the house of God to hear how to be saved. What did it say in the bulletin last week? 80, it took 46 years, 80 Three eighty-four thousand people have walked the aisles personally, one-on-one, been led to Christ. 
But Luke Flood's been talking to me about what he's planned for Easter Sunday. I believe if we do it right, we could have 10,000 people in church. I believe if we do it right, we could have 10,000 on Easter. I'd love to preach it, but I don't think I'll preach it. I think I'll have someone else preach it. I want to be involved in it all. Knocking doors and what we're going to, by the grace of God, raise the money to get it done. These people in this area, if Jesus comes, the vast majority will die and go to hell. And undoubtedly, many of them are better people than we are. I'm talking about the fact we are running out of time. We used to sing as kids growing up, that little chorus, just a little longer and the trumpet of God shall sound. Just a little longer will I be glory bound. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. I looked at the time. I'm too late. Let's stand together, please. Our heads are bowed. I'll baptize in a few moments. Our heads are bowed. I really didn't end the message properly. I just saw it. It's, I'm out of time. He's coming again. He's coming again. Maybe you were like me. I'd say, Lord, you come, but let me get my driver's license first. I want that license and got it. Lord, you're coming, but let me get married first. And I had all these things. And now I've lived a good, long life. I can honestly say, even so, as Brother Bertrand prayed, even so, Lord Jesus, come. I don't want to get out of a mess or a heartache. I, I long to see my Lord. I'm ashamed how little I've done. I really am. I should have done so much more. By and by, when I look on his face, I wish I had given it more. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.